I'm still testing. You counted after I hit go. So like now people heard you say four or five. Well, that's because we test. Thanks, William. Randy says test. And then I asked him to test one time and he starts doing uh, four score and seven years ago. We're done testing. I usually do that. I usually do that. I learned that in the fourth grade. Hey, speaking of mics, I heard uh, Max picked up a mic. (laughs) Oh, I didn't show you the video. No. This is going to blow your mind. This is gonna. Be, okay, so the has this been posted? So this is yeah, this has been posted. So this is guys, it's it's a fine line. We talk about our kids as it pertains to bigger ideas a lot, and I'm fine with that. But uh, but you know, I don't know if <laughs> we bra- I don't know if we that. straight brag about our kids because that that gets weird. But I, I had a moment yesterday that transcends all normal social boundaries for whether or not we can brag about our kids, which is that my son yesterday. We just get this video in the middle of the day, which is, which is, we had a substitute. It was um, a substitute like, teacher. We had a substitute teacher. Well, you're um, te- you're talking first person as if you were Max. This is Max. We okay, had a substitute teacher. Didn't know what they're doing. I'm the king. <laughs> That's the word. Okay, click the bottom video. So Max sends in this video. Oops, I hit the wrong back. Max sends me this video, <clears throat> and it's. It's him in front of a class. Wait, is that Seinfeld in the background? Yeah, it's him in front of a class. There's Seinfeld music playing, and Max is doing a stand-up, and all the girls in the class are dying laughing. <laughs> oh, my word. Okay, so Max in this video. Okay, Max is in the front of the classroom. He has a microphone stand. He has a microphone stand. He's doing stand-up. Comedy, straight up stand up comedy. He's fidgeting with a microphone. Yeah, he's like leaning, pointing yeah, to the pointing. <laughs> and then he has a punchline that you missed. In a mask. In a mask. Okay, so here's so I'm and like, somebody's playing the Seinfeld like, uh, what music is in the background. Happening? This is exactly right. So then he comes up and he gives us the. Uh, here's what actually happened. the The teacher is out of out of. Wait, he's a sophomore. He's a sophomore. He's a sophomore. <laughs> <laughs> what did Josh say? This is way too much power this is for way a kid too much this power age. At this age, <laughs> this is way too much power. So his teacher has an unexpected absence. And so they have a last minute substitute come in. The last minute substitute doesn't really know what he's doing. And so Max goes, I, I know what we're doing. You want me to teach? I'll teach. But by the way, no, no, nothing wrong with the teacher. I mean, he's basically thrown in there at the last second. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so he couldn't prepare a lesson. And, and shouts to the teacher for having the courage to be like, we'll see what happens. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's what see this what this takes us. So Max stands up and and guides the discussion on the reading topic for i don't know how long until they ran out of content <clears throat> all the stuff on the whiteboard behind them is all stuff Matt, max wrote on the whiteboard <laughs> as part of the lesson <laughs> so max teaches for the class and then at the end he's like he's like and i guess we're out of things to say about that so now i'm going to tell some jokes <laughs> <laughs> so then his, his, he has a friend who at the minute Max stood up, assumed that Max was going to go crazy at some point. And so he has queued up the Seinfeld song on his phone and he's just sitting there waiting to hit the button. So Max is like, what's the deal they with... They didn't coordinate? And, <laughs> they didn't oh, coordinate? It wasn't coordinated. <laughs> what a good friend to know how Max is going right? to be. Yeah. So, so Max goes, what's the deal with... And all of a sudden, bam, 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 starts playing. <laughs> and Max starts telling jokes. Now you're asking yourself, why does Max have stand-up comedy content? Because for the last, I don't know, three or four years, whenever he has an idea for a funny bit, he he gets up and writes it on a whiteboard in his bedroom. He's literally writing 
a stand-up act in his bedroom, and he just tried he just tried out a whole bit about baby on board stickers. So his his bit is every time he sees a car with baby on board stickers, they're driving like crazy people. And he's like, I'm starting to wonder, is the baby driving? Is that what you're trying to tell us? That was his joke. <laughs> That's a good one. It's not bad. <laughs> so I think of two things. One is comedy act, his comedy act should be either uh Chucky Stars. Chucky Star, yes. Oh, yeah. Visions of Chucky Star. Visions of Chucky Star. Uh, which could just mean that that's his stage name, is Chucky Star. <laughs> My sister, in, in seeing the video, uh, texted back, having recently heard our, her most recent podcast, said, No more stupid Max. <laughs> Smart Max now. Smart Max now. <laughs> uh, the power. Uh, uh, Chucky Star, or he could do oh, oh, Max hey, Wayne. And here's why they have a microphone stand, by the way. This is great. And this kind of, I'm telling you, this kind of gives you a view into Max's brain. Because I actually, I actually saw Yeah, because that is a coming. little weird to have okay. a mic stand in There's, front of them. So when COVID started, they bought all the classrooms mics. And they're like, oh, we can't just walk around holding mics all the time. So then they bought all the classrooms mic stands. But they didn't buy mic stands that actually work with the wireless mics that they have. Oh, duh. So, they, so every room has a mic stand, but they don't have mics for it. So this goes to Max's brain because literally the, after I saw that video, Rachel and I started texting and I'm like, I'm like, Rach, the question I have is how long has this been part of his plan? Like how long has he known? And I literally said this to Rachel. I'm like, how long has he known where the mic stand was? <laughs> and, and how long has he been thinking about what to do with it? So then he comes home and it's part of the story. He's like, he's like yeah, there's no mic in that mic stand. He's like, he's like, but I saw that mic a few months ago. The mic stand a few months ago. And I'm like, I got to do something with that. <laughs> oh, jeez. So he's, there you go. He's like, he's like, um, he, he's an intellectual hoarder. <laughs> An intellectual hoarder. He's like, yeah, he's like, he just well, gathers in those ideas. Too, so he's an go. idea hoarder. He is. And he sees the idea, gathers it to his mind, and then when the opportunity presents itself, <laughs> he just, hey, he check goes. it out. In yeah. my hoarding mind, I know there's a mic stand in the back of the room. Yeah. Well, there Good you for go. you, Max. Max wins. Max wins. Max wins no Monday. <laughs> As your sister said, not stupid Max. Max wins. Max wins. Yeah, not stupid Max. Smart he's Max. a you know Max wins. He's he's you know incorporating that in his uh, everyday lexicon. It's in, mm. it's in. Hey, uh, other news. Oh, a couple pieces of news. There's an okay. So on the on the road to Candy Country from from Santa Clarita, yeah, there is a there is an abandoned former burger joint. I don't know what kind of burger joint it was. But it's a drive-through situation. On the road from it's whatever that Soledad Canyon Road, whatever the oh, road okay. is that goes to Canyon Country. Got it. From here. Anyway, uh, somebody opened a taco shop, a drive-through taco shop. Now here's that's not remarkable, but here's what's remarkable. They put up like a really intense, like intense in your face sign. So like a lot of times taco shops get these hand-painted, yeah. not even backlit signs. Yeah. And they all have. It the looks same, like they got the, the same, letters from Home the same, Depot. Letters from Home Depot, yeah. the same Mexican flag colors, like the red, green, and white. Right. You know what I mean? Tacos. Right. But these guys went after it on branding. Guanatos tacos, and it's like this huge Wait, lettering. You just said something in Spanish. Guanato, G U A N A T O, Guanatos tacos. So I literally said to Rachel, I'm like, just based on the boldness of that sign, I feel like they're trying to do something different. And I'm like, I want to go find out what it is. And she's like, fine. So we went there last night for tacos. Oh, interesting. So I want to point, I want to say that they are in fact doing something different. Now, mostly it's a regular taco shop menu, but, the, the, but they have regular street tacos and right. then they have guanato tacos. Okay. Like, so those are like the premium tacos. So regular street tacos are two fifty. dollars The guanato tacos are three ninety five. Okay. So I'm like, I'm going to get one and I got one. And in fact, 
Guanatos Tacos is good. <laughs> so that's the, that's the news. This now it's the... not great. It's not like Michelin one star. I mean, but it's just but it's a very good taco. So the difference between the two is street tacos. You have your double corn tortilla. Right. Guanatos Tacos are like a large homemade like corn tortilla. So it's right. like a kind of a thicker. I see it here. Kind of they a, actually have a video of yeah. it grilling on their website. There you go. So the, and then they have two kinds. They have like steak and uh and what do you call it uh, pork and then uh, they have marinated pork and usually in this situation isn't this pork called uh what do they call pork what's a bar birria 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 is what they usually call it i don't know i don't think it was birria huh. but i will say um so usually in this situation oh, the steak is better but but in this case like the marinated pork was just better so Guanatos tacos, Guanato get, get the guanato style, get the marinated pork, you will be happy. So since you've started a tradition of the love scale, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how many hearts do you give it? <laughs> yeah, because look, keeping in mind that the expansion of the heart, nine <laughs> because is, the scale is one to eight, yeah, but the expansion of the heart allows extra hearts because it's expanded you. Yeah, so this is essentially fast food, right? right. So on the heart scale, fast food would would be, um. You know, fast food's like first third, right? So you get like two stars for, for two hearts. You mean it, like a successful fast food joint gets two hearts, right? <laughs> out of eight and a half hearts. Okay. Okay. So I'm not saying that this isn't successful when I say it's way better than regular fast food, but it's still we're not talking about gourmet whatever. So I would give it, you know, four and three quarters hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we're American about it. We're not like we're not doing decimals. Right, we're not doing decimals. We are doing three quarters. Would you we're be American. more comfortable seven tenths? I can yes, say seven I like tenths. that. I just saw a video the other day. Sometimes I watch these like woodworking videos that people get, and he's yeah. like, "The reason you need a metric tape measure," and I'm like, "What?" And he goes, "Because half of eighty nine is really easy to figure out. It's really hard to figure out seven and seven eighths, half of seven seven eighths." And I was like, "They got a point there," but I'm still American. There you go. Can you translate that into American? Somebody told me, he's like, oh, I'm running. Oh, it was uh, somebody was teaching on Sunday and yeah. doing a lesson. The guy's from Canada, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, 200 meters, blah, blah, blah. I'm know. like, can you translate yeah. to American, please? <laughs> I'm against Canadian teachers. I get... <laughs> Don't be sorry about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm against them. <laughs> Don't be sorry. Uh, so anyway, uh, taco win. A max win. That's how, that's how I'm starting my day off. Taco win and a max win, yeah. And a max win. I tried to explain the, uh, my my current kids that are at home don't listen to the podcast. Yeah. My kids that are gone on their missions, uh, the oldest one left after we started the, the, the podcast. podcast. Yeah. And she's like really excited to come home and listen to it. Well, the one that just went she out. Has 46 hours of pure entertainment right? coming her way. Just pure entertainment. Yeah. And mind blowing, unbelievable stories, right? So, and, Life hacks. And life hacks. Life hack oh, we one. didn't even do that today. Good Did we taco. even say welcome to the Way Station? We went right into it. Welcome to the Way Station podcast. Thank you, Randy. Your I appreciate home for that. life hacks, social commentary, and amazing stories. From your more interesting friends. So we had one amazing story. A freaking sophomore in high school felt like he could stand up and do stand-up comedy. Yes. And he said it so hard that people actually laughed, and we have a video of it. <laughs> I think that I agree story. with Josh yeah. that this is too much power too for much a sophomore power. to have. I mean, because no. when he's a senior, this is going to be out of control. Rachel and I said, actually, the other day, like yesterday, I'm like, we don't control what happens next. <laughs> no, it's over. <laughs> he's on a new path now. Do you know what I love about Max, though? And I, I really like this about kids like Max, which is they've discovered who they were young. 
And yeah. then they and then and then they just pursue it. You know what I mean? Like uh, wholeheartedly embracing. That's true. It. That's true. I, like I, it's that doesn't mean it's a hundred percent easy. So like you see Max in front of a group of people, and you're like, oh, he must be fully comfortable in his own skin. I'm like, he actually is, but he's still uncomfortable with the fact that not everyone's comfortable with his skin. Do you see what I'm saying? As an adult, yeah. you give up on the idea that you can be Help friends, every, with, be friends yeah. with everybody. And so he doesn't but, feel he doesn't feel like he's particularly friends with everybody. And so he still worries about regular high school stuff. But he doesn't worry about who he is. <laughs> well, it's interesting because there was a moment in high school for me that I realized, yeah, I'm not the same guy as everybody else. And I'm all right with that. And I don't care yeah. if they like me. So he he realizes he's not the same guy as everyone else, but he's not really all right. right. You know, he's like, he's like I had oh. both at the same time, but it sounds like he has he he's able to one, separate it. Yeah. Separating Which kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. But I didn't I mean, I realized I was different, right? I mean, in the sense that I felt different from other people. Sure. Uh my senior year. And I kind of, when I moved back from New York to Utah and I'm sitting in high school, I have the story. Okay. I'll tell the story. So they, uh, when I was in New York, a guy from Provo and his family, keep in mind, I lived in New York in the eighties and it was like the murder capital of the world. It was a terrible city in the sense that it, yeah. it was pre Giuliani Giuliani really, whether you like his politics or not, it doesn't matter. He's universally known and understood that he changed New York City yeah. to the safe and Disney-esque feel that it has today, yeah. right? When I lived there, it was a couple blocks off of, of Times Square. It was just porn. I mean, triple X, everything. There were none of those big signs. There was none of that theater that's You're constantly talking there. Square. talking about Times Square. Times Square. It was terrible. Yeah. The only reason you went to Times Square as a normal person was to get Broadway tickets uh, uh, for free or uh, for a half price. Like yeah. they have that little booth there that you can sit there and like they send the, the, the last minute tickets you can get them. Right. Um, so those are the only reason why tourists or anyone else would go there. It was only used two times a year or once really a year, which was uh, New Year's Eve. You okay. know, watch the ball drop, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And it looks all clean, but that's a huge police presence to get it that way back when I was there. Okay. So anyway, so this family comes. I'm living in New York City. This family comes from Provo, Utah. They come to um, the tennis uh, American Open. Is that what it's called? U.S. Open? U.S. Open. That's right. Okay. So you come to the U.S. Open. And they get, um, the mom gets mugged and killed. Friends of yours? No, no, no. They're just people from Provo. Oh, okay. They, I, I know you had friends come visit and they were freaked out about your No, so what happened was is that, uh, 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 okay, so. so, the, so let's, let's take with your story. Yeah, okay, so the, that happens. It's tragic, right? Well, in the next yeah. year is when I moved back to Provo. Okay. So in one of my classes, they it was like a current event that they talked about because uh, I guess they'd set up this hero award for the guy and da, da, da. No, I'm sorry. The mom wasn't killed. It was the kid that was killed. Oh, yeesh. And so here's how the story goes, okay? The story goes that um, they sat on the uh, middle train, uh, middle of the train um, there, and it was late at night, and they had brought out some cash to to give to each other, um, mm. and someone saw them, and so when they were getting off the train, they the guy pulled a knife and said, "Give me your money." Okay. They refused. Oh gosh. And in that refusal, um, they hit the the muggers hit the mom. And so at that point, the kid steps forward to kind of protect his mom. He gets stabbed and he bleeds to death and dies. Tragic wow. story. Yeah, that's horrible. So they're kind of going through this whole thing. This was like right in my transformation of realizing I am not the same, right? I else, came right. from this big city. I'm back in this kind of mid-sized town. 
uh, or Midside City, whatever you want to call Provo. Yeah. And uh, I'm just thinking very differently than the other people. And finally, someone says, well, well, um, everyone calls me Everett, right? So they said, Everett, so what do you think about this? And I'm like, I literally had a debate in my mind. Do I say what I really think or do I say what they want to hear? Right. And I'm like, yeah, you are who you are. So I said he was an idiot. <laughs> Evidently, you're not supposed to talk ill of the dead. Yeah. So that's not not to this day is looked down upon. Yeah. Right now, we just lost four listeners. Yeah, four <laughs> listeners. OK, so here's the backstory. When we moved to New York City, my mother told us there's a thing called street smarts. Yeah. In New York, you do not make eye contact with people. You just don't. If you're on the subway and a crazy person comes, don't make eye contact because it's a challenge. There's no reason to challenge a person because your life is more important than anything you have. Yes. And my mom literally went through the scenario. If you get mugged, anything you have is not worth your life. Just give, give it up. Him, give it up. Yeah. And then she also said, uh, you do not, um, you know, she, she had basic street smart things. Do not bring cash out where people can see it. Yeah, it makes sense. If it's late at night. You sit in one of two cars on the subway, either the conductor's car in the middle of the train or you or the um, the uh, driver's car in the front of the train. No other cars do you sit in. Yeah, I'm not sure that would be something a regular folk would know. Like, that's the kind of thing you have to know because you've kind of, been around but the other part, the, there's another but the part. The rest of them that. seem like you can imagine why. You wouldn't yeah. take money out. Yeah, but I around. think that if you're going to New York at that time, you pr you probably should learn something, right? That's kind of my point. But anyway, yeah, yeah. so they the other part was don't. One of the other reasons why you middle train above the train is usually better is because sometimes you get let off and there's a kind of a walk to the exit, and usually the the exit is somewhere in the middle, right? So the back of the train is oh, walking yeah. forward, the front of the train is walking backward. They're all kind of going out. Well, in that case, that's where the people are. So if you're let off in a train station, you were sitting in one of the forward or back ones that didn't have that, right? Now you're in part of the abandoned part of the train. Yeah. And you're in an abandoned part of the train station, which is what happened to them. Yeah. They got isolated. I mean, I, I would say if I was coming from Provo, I would also be like, why am I riding a train at night? Like, like yeah, I don't know, I mean, I don't know how late safe. it was. You probably should have taken a cab. Yeah. But the other, and the other part was my mom said one time, she's like, if I ever get, if we ever get mugged as a family and somebody gets roughed up, it's more important to be alive with bruises than yeah. dead bleeding. And so we've gone through the scenario. Wow. So, you know, and so I said, oh, he's stupid. Okay. Well, now I'm in Provo flash forward. They're all looking at me like I'm the devil. <laughs> and they said, uh, well, why? And so I went through the reasoning and they're like, no, you're dumb. You know? And that was, that was my transformational moment. It really was. It was you're like, not, you're not I'm different. That was literally a transformation? Yeah. I d I'm different, and I'm going to embrace it now. I'm not going to think the way you think, and I'm, you're not going to make me think the way you think, no matter how yeah, socially— I don't, need, like, I don't need to fit in with you right. at this moment. That's so that was thinking, my right? max win mo moment, which was I'm going to—that's that, that's my transformation. From that point on, you know, I, I, even to today, I don't care what people think of me. You know, it's so funny. <clears throat> what you're describing is a common theme. This is really weird. I'm trying to figure out if I relate. I don't think I do. I have this weird. So I, we've long talked about how I have an innate sense of optimism. I'm like, right. things are going to be fine. It's going to be great. Right. I don't have social shame. Like I've learned over time. Let me give you an example. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
By the way, I agree with you in your optimism. I do. I look at the life. I look at life the same way. Well, I look. I, it's probably so, why we get along. When I married Rachel, I learned that people that are introverted go to events, and then they have a great time. Right. And then they come home and they think about every dumb thing that they might have said. Yep. Or every offense that they might have given. Yep. And they fixate on it, and can't sleep. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I had no idea, and I still. No, that's not true. I, I've now been married for 26 years to such a person. <clears throat> and so now I understand it and even do it a little bit. Like when I said that to them, was that rude? You know what I mean? I do, I do that a little bit. Right. Um. So I get it now, but I didn't get it before. And I all that to say. Do you get it now or are you just kind of like understand it? I get it now. No, I I, I get it now. Because I, I, mean, I Well, I don't get it to the level that they get it. Yeah, I don't get it. So we, okay. So just, just as a personality management thing right like literally i coined a phrase this is super early in our marriage because i because i didn't understand why she would ask me after parties like is that okay was that? i'm like it was awesome i really had a great time i don't understand right and and then and then i realized oh this is a regular thing so so that <laughs> every time we drove home from a party for 10 years i would say i think that everyone had an excellent time and that no offense was given <laughs> or received and I was, this is why you're a better but, husband than me. <laughs> and then she, and then she, but, but even though I was being mildly sarcastic, I was actually being also genuine. Right. And she would start to say it out loud. And it became the way that like, that's one of her coping mechanisms now too, is this thing that we said right. as a sort of joke. All that to say, I don't know if I've ever sat around and thought I'm different than all these people. I think actually I'm like, if they just got to know me, I think they would like me a lot. <laughs> well, no, <it's, laughs> which is uh, incredibly narcissistic. But I no. honestly don't sit around and think I'm different than that guy. I'm like, oh, I can win that guy okay. over. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm totally with you on that because honestly, I don't thinking differently. I was attacked in that class, like literally. I mean, no, there was I probably 30 people in that class, and they all were like up in arms of what I said. Yeah, but yeah. the it wasn't that. I, I truly do believe the same way. It's like, oh, anyone. I, I Maybe just, they could just, I just assume me. everybody likes me. Yeah. Right. I, you know, and if you don't like me, I'm okay with it. But it's just because you don't know me. I agree with you. I completely agree with that oh, okay. sentiment. All right. My, my one time we were at, in New York, I actually took my wife to New York one time, which was awesome. Yeah. Because I got to show her everything that I thought. And, and to me, the city just invigorates me. Like it pumps me full of en energy. But one of the things I learned about introverts is that extroverts suck the life out of an introvert. Yes. That's true. We're like, we're just like a, like a, like a van, dementors. Like a van, like a, it's like, yeah, we're dementors, <laughs> literally sucking the life out of them. So what was that? we were at the Met and uh, we we're in the, the main lobby of the Met. And my wife was in like the gift shop and I was tired of shopping with them because they spent lots. It was her and my daughter and they were spending lots of times looking at all these little things and well, oh, so-and-so would like this. And this is really cute. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is boring. I want to go watch on. people. There's she, a whole situation she going on outside. Me, she's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm I'm in the 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 grand ball, you know, or the grand uh, entryway, sucking the life of the introverts as they go by. But so William, William are different. Oh, okay. So now I have a question about that. Yeah. My question about this is is, is a philosophical question. And and that is, is that I think sometimes we approach life through our perceived identity. Oh. And I think that that's a philosophical mm. mistake. Our perceived identity as assigned by others or our perceived identity as understood by ourselves? 
Both. Mm. Okay. Okay, so for instance, right. sometimes I get looped into, he's a conservative, this is what he thinks. Oh, right? for sure. By the media. Oh, for sure. And I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't identify, maybe I shouldn't approach the problem from the imposed uh, identity as a conservative. I see. But more as I am, and that's one of the reasons I use, I'm a classic liberal, which nobody really understands because no, they don't understand no does. history. Correct. But as a classic liberal, you think of things like independent individual responsibility, uh, individual thinking, et cetera, and so forth. That's a classic liberal, right? right. So classic liberal, but like Bill of Rights too, like freedom right. of speech, freedom to do go where you want, Correct. assemble, right. carry gun if you Which want. Which makes me a civil uh, liberal, if you can, yeah. if that makes any sense. But uh, and so I, I kind of buck that idea because I feel like it it pigeonholes what they think you should think about, and sometimes I think that pigeonhole makes you think, oh, I should be thinking this. Like all the conservatives think this way, yeah, and therefore I should think this way. So like my, I I mentioned this a few times in the podcast, but I want to I want to bring it up again. Related thought, which is, I think maybe more than ever because of the sorting mechanisms of social media, maybe more than ever, um, there are there are forces in the world that are trying to keep you in your bucket. The and, algorithm. And, and keep you in your lane. Look, I, I'm not saying that as somebody that's scared of the algorithm. I actually rely on the algorithm to make my living. Right. <laughs> like I sell and buy ads on Facebook to advertise games that I make. Right. I'm not saying that there's anything intrinsically evil about the algorithm i am saying that a byproduct a, a a toxic byproduct of the algorithm is you thinking that everyone thinks the same way you do right and that you must think the way that they, they say think. your bucket thinks right <laughs> and so um I'll, I'll give you i'll give you a harmless example um here's a harmless example so i started listening to pandora 15 years ago when everyone started listening to pandora right and um I like um, alternative like rock. I, I always liked it. I, right. You know, I like a bunch of the really alternative. I, I, I call them emo, but the truth is they're not emo necessarily, but some of them are. So like yeah. I like the Smiths and yeah, yeah. and Morrissey. They're the original emos, right? right? But then I like a bunch of like dancey music, like New Order, and right. I like like garage rock, like REM. I like, but I, but all of it is kind of in the alternative rock. You go to that one weird record store Genre. over in Encinitas, kind of kind of music, right? Exactly. right? Okay, but. I don't like Modest Mouse. I don't like it. <laughs> All their music seems simple and irritating and stoner-esque, and I don't like it, and I don't want to hear it. And according to Pandora, I do want to hear it because that's in the bucket. That's definitely right. a band right. that those people love. And I literally wrote a post on, on Facebook like years ago that was pretty funny. I thought it was funny. It was it's like, Dear Pandora. I know that you think that I should like Modest Mouse, but I don't. Please stop giving me Modest Mouse. Maybe we should bring this into more mainstream because I can relate to the same thing because I like classic rock and they always bring up Rolling Stones, which I hate. Oh. I hate the Rolling Stones. We've talked about what? this before. Okay. All right. They're the All worst. Right. All right. Four, four, <laughs> generic band. All right. But but you're talking about about you talk earlier you're talking about a much more serious thing and I want to talk about the serious thing because I think that's more okay, serious. Okay, so here I think the danger is, right? I think the danger is is that they were forced there by our our and, and I agree with you. I like it. I, I didn't think about the algorithm. We're forced there by the algorithm, and therefore we think based on the algorithm, and we don't actually allow ourselves to have an existential look 
at the identities that we are identifying with, whether that be anything. And so you have to bring it to a larger context. For instance, zoom out. you have to zoom out, zoom out, way zoom out. Like, am I a child of God? Right. Yeah. Or, uh, how, what is my relationship with God? Is there a God? Right. And I think that sometimes what happens is, is that the algorithm doesn't allow you to make the, it, it kind of, clutters your you with so much and bombards you with so much of the philosophical thinking of the bucket they've put you in that it doesn't allow you to say, wait a minute, who am I really, right? Why am I here? And, and if you approach those questions from the identity of a conservative male, right, or a white uh, American or uh, whatever it is the bucket's putting you at the moment. Or a vegan Treadmill running. Diabetic. Electric, Not treadmill. Electric, electric, car, electric, electric car driving. Yeah, electric car. <laughs> I mean, I'm a walking contradiction. I mean, like I went from an F-250 diesel, right, to a, to a, a, a electric. Me, me. Yeah, me, me. <laughs> My kids change the horn and you hit the horn. And the one that we all kind of settled on is like it does the regular horn blast, but then it does a goat. So it goes, it goes, beep, beep. And then it goes, <laughs> nice all right william you're talking around an issue well I, i'm not getting to the to, i'm not getting deep you're not getting the heart i can the see that you can tell when, me so earlier you asked me a question when you approach god right do you approach god uh with this with this baked identity of of who everyone has categorized you as and who you classify yourself as or do you approach God with kind of more of a of a blank slate as just a son or daughter of God who who would like to learn more from God? Okay. I think that's the question you that's the question you asked earlier, and that landed for me. So do you go to God and be like, I am a conservative William who loves to make hamburgers and and loves trucks and cares about this and doesn't care about that and hates this and loves that? Or are you just or are you just going to him and being like, here am I? Right. Teach me. Right. I think that's a really interesting question. With all of my so here's something interesting, right? So I love to cook. Yeah. I was talking to you, your wife the other day, and I'm like, one of my favorite things to cook is eggs benedict. Yeah, yeah. You told us about you actually went long on the podcast, I think, about how you're good at it. Yeah, I I am I'm pretty good at this, right? So uh we keep talking about we need to come over and I will cook eggs benedict for you. Mm, and you're like, I'm like hungry right now. Maybe this is. <laughs> yeah, I'm starving. So we're gonna pause for a half an hour. Um, <laughs> it takes a lot longer. I know. But the point is, is that I would cook eggs benedict. But right now, right in 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 my regiment to be, to to defeat diabetes, I could not eat any of it. Yeah. Right. Because it's basically butter, eggs, bacon. You know everything bread. that like you have bread. <laughs> well, I mean bread I can eat, but they. It's everything I can't have. I mean, basically, the only thing I can have is the roasted tomato I put on it. And even then, I'd have to alter it because typically I put olive oil on the roasted tomato to, to roast it well, and mm -hmm. I can't do that, right? So all of that stuff, but I would make it for you. Nice. But that's a contradiction in a way, right? Just like my driving the electric car and, and owning a diesel, and they're both being my favorite things to have, right? Or uh, being a vegan and having having no care. Where are you going? Where are you going with that, though? But those are so those are contradictions in in my life. My question is, I'm not bringing. I I love a good hamburger, but I don't believe 
taking my hamburger to God necessarily is it. What if he tells me, which I, to be honest with you, the reason I'm eating and doing the things I'm doing is because I approached him with a problem, which was diabetes that I was scared about a lot. I was really scared. Yeah. And, uh, I know that it was manageable and my doctors were saying, it's not that big a deal. You know, we can get through this, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, no, I have to do something drastic. And I wanted to know what that was. And the problem is, is my taking my bias of my beef loving days yes. to the Lord and saying, I'm a beef loving truck driver. Uh, yeah. and, uh, how am I going to beat diabetes? Or am I just going with an open mind and an open, uh, heart to, I am, this is, this is who I am right now. And how do I change it? Or, or what do I change or what can I do? And, and I'm willing to do whatever, because I believe that that uh, you can you can inspire me to do such a thing. So I didn't take my bias with me, which is I love a cheeseburger and filet mignon well, is my favorite. Well, bias is kind of the wrong word. You didn't take your nature with you. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right? My Yeah, my identification, which would, uh, as, as a And you instead, you instead went, you, you zoomed out, as you said, and you went to your other nature, which is, first and foremost, I'm a son of God. And, and he can make of me what he wants. Right. And am I right with that? So in the context of diabetes, it's worked. I'm telling you, I felt inspired to do what I'm doing. And and that's why I have such, I'm not arguing. I'm just trying to get to the heart of the question. But, uh, but I think, so if I had gone with my bias, would I have gotten the answer that would have, would have, uh, if I go to God and say, I am a beef eater, teach me how to beat diabetes could he give me the could 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 he have given me the answer that is working for my body and i i just don't think i could well, that's I, my, like, I think that's what i'm getting look, at my getting at that's interesting get rid of your bias when you're approaching some of the existential things about life right stop stop saying i hate lawyers so i don't i don't want to be a lawyer well what if that's like what you're good at i hate salesmen i hate sales you know and so I don't want to be, a, that yeah, was, that was one guy, I had. this guy actually over uh, in, in my congregation who was like, I'm never going to knock another door. And that's totally what it is for a living. And it's going great. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we, weird is like, I hate, I, I thought salesmen were dirtbags, right? When I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do from, with my life. And all of a sudden I realized that's actually what I'm great at. Yeah. You know, and, and I, and I had to, I had to get rid of that bias that I was carrying around with me or this self-imposed, um, box that I guess carried with me to, to, to really kind of open it up so that I could kind of do the things that I was good at. If you hate tennis, but it turned out that you're really, really good at it, you know, just cause you hate watching it doesn't mean you can't hate, you can't say, am I, am I getting there? Or you, I, I you feel like I'm not hitting getting there. The, the, I'm hitting around the box. You're getting there. Like the, there is, there was a whole period of, of Christian poets back in, back in England in the, I don't know. I can't know if it's 1400s or 1700s. But John Donne was one of them. And he has, he has these poems. And, there, and there's, there's a lot of poems in and around this time that are kind of like this, which is, it's, it's, a, it's all about Christ um, making you a new person uh, by, with like, but with like with heavy tools, like with hammers and chisels right. and saws. And, and it's like, it's all about like, you know, beat me into shape like yeah. you would beat a sword or a, or a shield into shape, like right. making me new. Right. Is is the idea. I think make me new 
Look, I think it's a requirement. So we have, there's a paradox. There's a paradox right now. By the way, that poet is 1572 to 1631. Okay, so right in between. Done, done. Yeah. <laughs> right in between. Nice, nice hitting. <clears throat> Thank you. There's a paradox right now in society. Um, I like paradox. And there's a trap. I actually, I gave a whole Sunday school t- a lesson about this to, to, to a bunch of you. Here's the paradox and here's the, here's the trap. Paradoxically, it's a good thing to be honest with yourself about who you are, about what you like, and to, to, to try and be your authentic self usually. It's usually Correct. a good thing. But the paradox is, and the trap is, if authenticity in our society is the most premium thing, and I, I, would, I would contend that whether or not it is, the perception of it is, right? right. Like 100%, like we, we talk about TikTok, right? And we watch TikTok uh, little clips. Right. And it's always like, this is just who I am. Deal with it. Right. right. It's like, I'm this crazy person. You can't contain me. Deal with it. Right. So like, there's, there's a positive side of that. Being honest with who about who you are and accepting it is is positive, um, but there's a trap, and the trap is if I'm authentic, um, then then it's therefore inauthentic to want to change, right, and to want to be better, right, and to want to uh, want to have more and to right. want to be more, right, and that is the trap. That's false. That's a lie, right. Um, Because God does want you to be honest about who you are, and he wants you to bring that person to him. To the altar. To the altar, so to speak. And then he's like, I'm going to make you into more. Right. Now, But isn't that the great message? But but he wants you to bring not just the surface layer, like you said, not the guy who likes to make good hamburgers and eggs benedict. Right. He wants you to bring, no, no, before that, you were my spiritual child. Right. And I knew you in heaven and I know you now and I know you better than you know yourself. And that's a crazy idea. Right. That's actually, that's actually, <laughs> this is a, I'm going to try and tie these two ideas together. I've actually heard this said in a marriage. In a marriage, there's things you know about the other person that they, that they know that you know. Right. And then there's things that you know about the other person that they don't know you know. Okay. And then there's things you know about the other person that they don't know about themselves. Okay. And those are the things you can never bring up in an argument. True. That's that's how you end up getting divorced. True. Right? Right. You don't get to throw in their face the thing that they don't know about themselves because it hurts so much to hear somebody else say it. Yep. Okay. Especially because it's a betrayal, yeah. But here's the deal. God's your ally. So here's here's where I'm going to tie it in. God's your ally. He knows everything about you that you don't know about yourself. And he will gently and occasionally vigorously right. educate you about those things and help you become the person that he would have you become. Right. And that's so, hard. So what you, I think what you're trying to say is that if you if you submit to the idea that you can become better, it's not inauthentic. It's not inauthentic. It's not inauthentic because authentically, if you're truly authentic, truly authentic, you would have to acknowledge right. that God made you. Correct. And God, your maker, can make you into anything if you let him. So I know this sounds really nuanced, but the idea that you can overcome something in your life is, 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 is authentic. Real. It's authentic. If it's you're authentic. truly authentic, right, and you truly go to God with your eternal authentic identity, right, which is the, his, the, your identity and your relationship to, in your in relationship to who He is. Then, then you can have 
you can have miracles that are that that, that surprise right. that surprise everyone cha- surprise yep. you things can change on, on the list is happiness right on the list is peace meaning on the list is peace yep these are all the things but those are just the beginning like yep on the list is eternal endless glory yep and just to be <laughs> really i'm like bring it back to something very real and i know this is like a topic we keep talking about but my journey with this diabetes has been one of uh, whether this is hereditary whether i brought it upon myself whether whatever i had to take it and and the byproduct right now is i'm the healthiest person i've ever been as in my person my sure. personal life right and as a metaphor that's interesting right it's very interesting it's yep. also weird how fast you forget it because I wasn't feeling well yesterday, so I didn't. Um, I, I got thrown out of my routine, yeah. And so, and and so, I didn't feel good all day long. Like I didn't feel good for two, three days because it was just I was thrown out of my routine by something really just easy, and then I was like, how fast I forgot how much mm. this routine has been benefiting me. You should you should probably get a. A John Dunn poem and put it on your, yeah, right. on your door. I didn't realize he was the guy that's no man, no, no man is an island. I didn't realize that's who that guy is. So there's another social uh, thing. Okay, so that's, that's we put it a pin in it. Authentically, uh, take, take your authentic self to God. Zoom out. Yep. All right. The other thing, uh, I don't even know if I can talk. How, how can we talk about this specifically? Or is it even interesting? I think it's interesting. So there's this there's this commentator. Her name's Jana Reese, um, who who Janet? writes Jana Reese, who writes um, comment. She's a religion reporter who is an expert on the goings on in in the church that we belong to, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Saints. And she had um, thoughts about how recently. A, a couple of senior leaders in the church are giving talks that they're expressing are difficult or they're hard for them. And they're trying to, they're trying to, and, and then she, she opined on what she thinks is hard. And what she thinks is hard is it's coming as a shock to some of the senior leaders of our church. And, and frankly, senior leaders of everything everywhere. Right. That right. Partly as a, partly because of COVID, partly because I think of the changing culture owing to social media, but that there isn't um, people don't respect authority generally anymore, <laughs> and so that that impacts the senior leaders of our church because they're like, hey man, it's important that you understand that there's an authority around the things of God, and we can we can guide you. Okay, which I think is true. And I believe, um, but generally I'm, I'm struck by this idea. Do you, is there any authority that you intrinsically respect right now, William? (laughs) Mm. I said intrinsically, obviously are there policemen, you know, that you like, yeah. Are there elected officials, you know, that you like probably like, but do you respect the idea of police? Do you respect the idea of elected officials? Uh, no. <laughs> do you respect the idea of the FBI? No. Do you respect the idea of the CIA? No. Do you respect the idea of the CDC? <laughs> well, hell no. Oh, did I say that out loud? Sorry. Right? Uh, okay, so okay, this is so weird. I, I like where you're but going. But this, 
I don't think they're just worried about their own authority. I think they're worried about a society that doesn't respect the idea of authority. I think that's even more dangerous than, than someone having their favorite senior leader and someone having a senior leader they don't like so much. I think it's just, wait, I think, I think they might ask, wait, you don't trust anybody for anything? <laughs> that's an okay, interesting question, right? Here's an interesting thing, right? So, uh, can I put this in the context of some kind of historical, um, uh, sociology, right? So in the industrial revolution, we went from our plows to, uh, to a hammer and built things, right? So you, you got out of the farm, we you went into a factory, plowed. right? Right. So, uh, people then realized that, that beyond the industrial revolution, it's called entrepreneurialism, right? It's like, wait a minute, I can make something with my hands. What if I make this and then I sell it? Right. And, and it spawns this idea that you can kind of go out and do different okay. things. So the mat, the, a factory becomes less institutional and more in, in entrepreneurial. Okay. Right. Uh, and then, uh, uh, beyond that, right. Is this information revolution, which is, wait a minute, you mean I don't have to, which has been going on a parallel track for a very long time. Right. Yeah. Like from the writing of the Bible by Martin Luther, uh, all the way down through the, um, the, 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 uh, enlightenment to, you know, uh, uh, Payne's poem that set off the revolution, right? I mean, this idea of the American revolution, this idea of ideas matter and ideas are independent and ideas are, uh, Ooh, uh ideas are independent, right? So I think to what's happened that, is to sneak that one in there. I think ideas are independent. I actually think that the that the erosion of macro authority is a good thing because it, it erodes down to a fundamental and that fundamental is wait a minute and this is the fundamental that 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 really spawned the, the constitution of the United States which is different from all other constitutions. Yeah. In that it in it 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 recognizes the idea that you as an individual have been um endowed which is a very powerful word, by something bigger than government with freedoms. Like you talked about last time, which was if you're in Germany, you're, you assume it's illegal before you go do it. Yeah. Right? But when you're in America, you'd assume it's legal. That's right. And if it's not legal, who has the authority to tell us it's legal? Does that make sense? Like, who are you no, to tell look, me I can't? It makes sense. But so the question I have for you, unless you have a thought you're trying to finish. Well, I think, I, I just think it's a powerful thing. I think it's a, I think it's okay, a transformation so, that we need to have. And if, what if senior leaders of our church are asking you to pump the brakes on that a little bit? <laughs> I don't think they are. I reject that idea. <laughs> so that, what you just They're said. They're not saying that. No, no. I reject what, that interpretation. What you just said is the very thing that they're freaked out by is that they're, I don't think they are. they're, they're I think saying, they're, they're saying a little thing here and a little thing there. And, and, and people are like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think, I think Jana Reese is, is, is off. I don't think that she's a very, that's not a deep philosophical idea. And I, by, by the way, I find spiritual authority and governmental authority are, are parallel tracks and they don't cross. Spiritual authority. Okay. Well, one of them, uh, Dallin Oaks, just gave a talk um, that he thought was really, uh, I guess he thought it was going to be received um, with more, like, with more, like, intensity than, than it seems to be being received. Everyone's like, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, <laughs> but it, 
but it was, it, it said something that no one is saying recently. And it said, um, we need to focus some of our energy on being a pluralistic society. And that means that while we do want to defend religious liberty, we don't have to fight about every religious liberty that is an inconvenience to us if it means that it affords some uh, important rights and protections for people who, who disagree with our, our, our religion. And he, he basically gave a whole speech about let's spend a lot more time trying to get along and trying to unify uh, in fairness and not trying to uh, dominate and stomp uh, the opposing side. And he is worried about it. So I think that's interesting. Well, I think on a secular level, that makes a lot of sense. He's not talking about it from a spiritual level, in my opinion. I think he's talking from a secularly, secularly right? Those You're do- saying a tactical the, level. Right. The boxes that we've been put in by the algorithms are make us look like we're constantly at, at war with one another. And, and, but again, if you go back to this independent thought idea, which is, uh, you know, it is fundamental to Americanism, by the way. Uh, if if there's such a thing, right, is or American exceptionalism is the idea that this as an individual can have an idea and have the freedom to act upon it, and I don't think that that's a scary thing for it should if it's a scary thing for a religion we got bigger problems. Yeah, but so, look, I mean, look, some of the algorithms that you and I have walked away from often have headlines about how so and so totally destroys so and so with this mean with this tweet about this. Yeah, do like, you read and then you read it and it's dominates, like no. da, 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 da. Yeah. and it's just like. Not really. I mean, no, like, like, no, then not really. Sometimes, like, that seems like a reasonable argument to have back and forth, and sometimes yeah. it's like, that was that was mean for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't find I don't find the headline. So you don't feel like the end is nigh. Will no, you? <laughs> no, I don't think the end. Is I sort of feel like the dawn is breaking. Honestly, no, I think I, I feel I think, like I, I feel like pluralism is starting to make a comeback. Uh, explain the. Definition. I think that, I think that people are starting to reject the idea that they don't get a talk. People are starting to embrace the idea that those people do get to talk. I think people are re- rejecting the idea of um, cancellations and woke Agreed. silencing. Agreed. I, but and that's I, my point. My point is, is that this individual, the, the, the idea of individual thought is a powerful idea. And it should be indep- fostered. Independent thought. The, thought. the thought can exist. An it idea should be fostered. can exist. Right. I mean, if someone says black lives matter, right? Yeah. We're like, correct. Uh, yeah. 100%. Okay. So what does that mean? If you've decided to make a movement around it, how does that look? You know, and if the byproduct of that movement is that we have better liberties and better protections against bad police officers, it's a good thing. Right. I'm not embracing their, their movement in the sense that I don't think that the fundamentalist movement that they've created uh, that has to have a dogma that I have to believe in. But I can look at it and say there's certain aspects of that, right? Well, how about this? Cop pulls you over. He that's says, how, but it, that's how it's always worked. What's always worked is when there's a movement and an ideology, the stuff that seems truest persists, and the stuff that comes that's baggage with that ideology falls away. That's that, because truth that's how, is independent. Truth is independent. Right? So if you can have independent thought, the idea is that you can move to independent truth. And so at the end of the day, that the idea of authoritarianism is a very bad idea, whether that's being exercised by 
a president of the United States or it's a police officer on the side on the corner. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. And that's what this rebelling against. And it do, it's a parallel line to spirituality. It's because spiritual is in, spirituality and the, and the truths of spirituality are an independent idea. Now they can cross and kind of interwave themselves, but I don't think that, um, I, I like the idea of, okay, let's get along and learn about one another and, and become more tolerant of one another. That's a great idea. Sounds like a pretty cool independent idea. Let's go, let's embrace it. But I don't I don't find it to be like it's not an existential problem. I think the existential problem right now is well, there are too many people scared to come out and go to church because they're just scared of this dang virus and it's all you know those kinds of things. Like think independently. If you can think independently, you're going to find a lot more peace in life, in life, and you're going to find a lot more uh, a lot more enlightenment around along the way in both sides of every camp. Okay. So we've had a couple of crazy stories. We've had some social commentary. We've had this a was kind a of heavy one. Heavy social commentary. This is heavy. Sorry. And we uh and we've had a, a few uh, a few life hacks mainly around the taco. The, the taco taco, uh, taco stand wins. Uh, there's another taco stand uh I'll have to f- look it up that just man freaking those tacos are so good that you like the gourmet type stuff that you go out and Oh, yeah. There's one yeah. downtown that a friend of mine started and I don't know if it's still there anymore. <laughs> I don't know if it's made. There's two or three like tacos guisado. Guisado's tacos are like, I I've, where's that one? At? I've called them the best tacos I've ever had, and I go there. I don't know. Where's taco guisado? Three or four times, a quarter. <laughs> uh, there's five locations. One of the one I go to is in Burbank. Guisado's tacos, and they're amazing gourmet tacos. And then for fun gourmet, not actual gourmet, but for like silly gourmet, Tacos to Madre, which is over by the Santa Monica Temple. Has a bunch of fun ones, like you know, oh, like, like you mean the a, temple on Santa like chicken Monica? and coleslaw, and then there's like a, a, a Korean taco, and you know what I mean? They do a bunch. I of love when they fuse. Stu- I like tacos. the idea of fusion. Well, I think in its best case, you can call this fusion, and it's in its more deprecating case, you can call it like a gimmicky kind of a. Here's our Korean one. Here's our American fried chicken one, and whatever. Right. But they're good, so I, it doesn't matter. Like I take it. <laughs> I like good. And that's tacos to Madre. Uh, All right, friends. This has been another uh, rousing episode of the Waystation Podcast. I'm Willie Everett. I'm Randy Davis. Have a great day.